Hey folks, thank you for tuning into the Grad School Sucks podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Matthew Carlson, and each week I'll be bringing you conversations that will help grad students like you survive grad school and thrive in a post-grad school career. If you end up enjoying today's podcast, please leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And be sure to check out the description of this episode for links to everything that we talk about today. Without further ado, let's start the episode. Hey folks, welcome to the show. First off, apologies for getting this episode out late. I was actually moving over the past week, and so I'm in my new apartment. Uh, My family and I moved into this new apartment the past week, and so this episode's getting out a little bit late, but I wanted to get out something uh, so better late than never. And coincidentally, today we are going to talk about hustle culture. Hustle culture. And this actually uh, comes from a conversation I had in the comments section on Instagram. Um, someone posted a comment to a meme that I had, and they asked me to talk a little bit about hustle culture on the podcast. Uh, now, I'm no expert, but uh, we're going to cover a couple things today that I think you'll find interesting. First off, I'll go over what hustle culture is generally, how to avoid it when you're on the job market, and then my personal thoughts on hustle and hustle culture. Uh, But first, let's see what you all said. I posted in my stories a while ago, and I said, uh, what is your perspective on hustle culture? Here are some of your responses. Uh, Hustle culture as the expectation to work more than 40 hours dislike, but I feel like it's still less in industry versus academia. Interesting. Uh, Another person said it's a sneaky way to rebrand burnout, which is pretty funny. I like that. Uh, Another one was it depends on your team rather than your company, uh, which I think is a pretty nuanced perspective, and I definitely agree with that. Another person, it's ruining Our purpose of being human makes us less productive over time, and I'll hustle for them when they hustle for me. So, uh, some interesting perspectives on hustle and hustle culture. So, hustle culture, actually, the definition is a common modern workplace environment that emphasizes hard work and long hours as the key to success. And, of course... Hustle culture or overwork has generally been a thing ever since humans came to be, but specifically hustle culture was birthed in the 90s from the tech space. And that's kind of where we come to know the thing that we call hustle culture. And there's actually a podcast called Hustle Culture. It's no longer active but it featured tech entrepreneurs who talked about how they built their companies and overcame obstacles. So I think hustle culture obviously exists everywhere, you know, not just in tech. Of course it exists in industry. I think very clearly it exists in academia. Um, And I think you may find it more so in particular pockets, like let's say tech and maybe even startups where more of the attitude is kind of this do or die, let's get it off the ground, you know, building the plane while you fly it kind of approach. But it can also definitely exist in larger companies and like the person on Instagram said, 
Uh, it can really depend on your team or your leader. And it pops up in the news all the time. Right now it's very in vogue to be against hustle culture. And so you'll see interesting news articles like one recently that came out in the last week where a Utah-based digital company CEO praised an employee who sold his dog so that he would be better able to keep up with his workload. Um, and so a lot of interesting things come out of the news, but uh, hustle culture is obviously a hot topic. And I know many folks want to know how to avoid ending up at a company or in a position that drives you into that burnout or hustle culture lifestyle. And so here are a couple things that you can do if you're on the industry job market in order to avoid finding yourself in that position. First one, the easiest one you can do, do research on a website like Glassdoor. So Glassdoor, if you've never used it or heard of it, it is a website where people are, are able to anonymously upload basically reviews of companies that they've worked for. They're able to put in their position, their pay, describe what they thought of the company and the company culture and their ability to climb the ladder and different things like that. And it's honestly a great resource. I used it all the time. Literally every time I had an interview, I'd look up the company on Glassdoor. Um, I'd see their rating and then dig a little bit deeper into, honestly, it was usually for what the salary ranges were for the position I was applying for, but it also has great information on company culture. So number one, get on Glassdoor. Quick note, you will have to uh, upload some of your own information in order to access more and more information about different companies. So you'll need to create a profile uh, with an email address and then just put in like, you know, whatever employment information you have. Maybe you worked at a restaurant, you know, before you went to grad school or maybe you want to put in the information of you being a TA, uh, but it will require you to add some info, basically give into the system in order to benefit from the information in the system. So just be aware of that. You may need to plug in some information before you can really dig in. Anyway, the second way to uh, not end up at a company that has a hustle culture is to look for red flags in interviews. Now, obviously it's impossible for me to have like an objective list of things to look for, but here's a couple things that, that may pop out. One is when interviewers, um, maybe not talk down to you, but maybe they ask questions that might point out gaps in your qualifications. So if, if interviewers don't believe you're qualified for the job already, they shouldn't be interviewing you, right? You're, you're, you should be excluded from the pool of applicants if they don't believe that you're qualified for the job. So I think if you're making it to an interview already, you're already at least 50% qualified for the job, if not more. Um, and I think if you do find yourself being asked questions that challenge your qualifications or uh, make you feel a little bit less than, it may imply that the environment is a little bit toxic in the sense that they may want you to go above and beyond to prove yourself. And so they may be trying to weed out people who basically wouldn't vibe with a hustle culture. So 
not a uh, silver bullet, but something to look for. A couple other things to look for are being uh, passed over when um, you should be given the opportunity to ask questions. So for pretty much every interview, you should have an opportunity to ask questions. And if you don't, I think it may speak. Of course, it could speak to just that individual reviewer, interviewer, maybe they're having a bad day, uh, that recruiter. But it, it may also speak to, again, the larger company culture. And if they aren't giving incoming people the time of day and the ability to ask questions, maybe that says something about what's going on inside. And the third thing would be if in interviews they tend to highlight heroes or examples of people who have gone above and beyond or really just committed overwork in order to get something done. And of course there are times and and roles where overwork may be a little more reasonable, but as a general rule, if they're already talking about overwork in the interview, of course that's a red flag. So the last way to uh, get an idea of the kind of hustle culture you may or may not end up in at a company is to talk with someone. And this is really one of the best ways. So talk with someone in the company who is not involved in the interview process. And this is preferably someone that you know through a professional connection. So maybe you don't know them, maybe you're not connected with them, but you may know someone who does know them. And the, the best way to see this is to dig into that company's LinkedIn page and start scrolling through their people tab. And LinkedIn will probably go ahead and push up anyone that you're connected with to the top of the search results. Um, but also be looking for uh, whenever it shows that someone you know is connected to them. And it, that's a great way to get inside information about a company. You simply reach out to the person that knows them, say, hey, I'm thinking about interviewing an XYZ company, and I would love to talk with this person that I see you're connected with. Uh, would you mind uh, arranging like a warm handoff or a warm exchange or introducing me to them so I could talk with them? And that warm introduction really sets you up to get the inside scoop on the company instead of like the informational brochure uh, that you might get if you cold call someone who already knows that you're interviewing at the company and they may not want to, you know, be completely candid. They may just want to put the best foot forward for the company because they don't know you and they don't know if they can trust you. So definitely go for a connection if you have it. And of course, that means um, the inter informational interviews are really the way to set yourself up for this. So expand your network, be doing those informational interviews like I talk about all the time, aka coffee chats, like they're commonly talked about. Okay, let's wrap this up with my thoughts on hustle and hustle culture. Whenever I think about the word hustle, I actually don't think about work or being at a job. That's not the first thing that comes to my mind. When I hear the word hustle, the first thing that I think of is team sports. When I was a kid and the interactions that I had with my coaches and the word brings up, and I don't know if this is universal, but the way that I was taught as a kid on team sports was that Hustle really just meant you were giving your all or giving your best when you were in the game, you were off the bench, and um, you know the moment required it of you. 
And a good game was a game where you played and you, quote, left nothing on the field. Um, so you expended the energy you have, you gave it your best shot, and um, you contributed to the team, even if you didn't win. Of course, there are times when, myself included, everyone doesn't want to give their all or their best for the team. And so let's say you had a bad day, or maybe I didn't sleep well that day, or maybe I was hungry and I didn't eat something. Um, in those moments, when I was a kid, the coach would typically pull me out of the game, sit me on the bench, and put in someone who was ready to hustle in the game. And to me, uh, that seemed fair at the time, and that still seems pretty fair to me now. I think that hustle and hard work are not necessarily bad things, and I think that a lack of hustle and hard work could be a red flag. Uh, when it comes to talking about being on the job market. And we'll talk about that in a second. When I hear hustle culture, what I think of is overwork. So basically being asked or expected to give things that you really shouldn't be giving or to prioritize things in ways that it really shouldn't be prioritized. And if I try to compare this to the example that I was talking about, about being a kid in team sports, I I often did not end up on these teams. I didn't play a lot of com like super competitive sports. I didn't I wasn't on a traveling team. Um but I knew of coaches and I probably had at least one of them where this was the case. But I knew of coaches who did not have the same perspective on hustle and actually had more of a perfectionistic uh perspective on hustle. And so examples of that would be if a player's in a game and they make a mistake, the coach immediately pulls them out, basically to punish them for making a mistake, even if they were trying their best. Another one that I often saw with teams was teams running laps after games when they lost simply because they lost. Um, and so you can imagine like as a kid, that feeling of, let's say you did give it you're all with your team, and you simply lost because the other team was better. Um, being forced to run laps after a game is kind of like grinding salt into a wound. To me, that is the essence of overwork. And um, I think largely analogous to hustle culture. And I don't want to end up at a company where I have to run laps when I lose, even when I gave my all. I want giving my all to be expected, but also appreciated. And yeah, so, so that's my perspective on, I guess, the difference between hustle and hustle culture. And now I want to talk just a little bit about a lack of hustle, seeing a lack of hustle when you're on the job market. And basically, I don't think you want to end up at a company or a position that requires little or no hustle, because I think those are red flags in the other direction for, for uh, being on the job market. So if you end up at a company where you're really not expected to do much, you're likely at a company that's not producing a lot of value, which means the company is probably going to go out of business. And if, in particular, if you're at a position that uh, doesn't require a lot of hustle, you could be uh, basically teed up to get laid off. 
Um, and I think, you know, I don't know how true it is, but I've heard through the grapevine, some of my friends talk about a lot of the recent tech layoffs, there were, there were many great workers, and the majority of the workers probably are um, amazing and hardworking. But I think embedded in some of these tech layoffs was uh, basically the the fruit of overhiring finally coming to bloom. And so I think there I've heard, again, secondhand, but I've heard that there were a lot of instances of tech companies basically overhiring and not having enough work to offer employees. And so they had a lot of employees that weren't necessarily producing a lot of value for the company. And so while it may have been nice in the moment, I think, of course, inevitably, that's a drain on the company. And if the company doesn't make money, the company can't hire workers. So of course, you need to be in a place that, that produces value otherwise. Uh, it's going to be a bad situation in the long run. And I think there are certain positions that should 100% promote hustle. And I think sales-based positions are one that first come to mind of where the alignment between the income that you can expect is just like so 100% correlated with the amount of value or money that you bring in for the company. Um, and I think that makes total sense. I don't think I could survive in that environment. I definitely know people who can, and I think, you know, more power to them. Uh, not my cup of tea, but it completely makes sense to me why a position would be structured in that way so that hustle is so clearly correlated um, with the money that you make. So anyway, bottom line, you do want a sustainable hustle in a job um, because that tells you, one, the position is valued the position is producing value, and so that position is going to be there in the long run, and also that that company is producing value. And of course, you want to be creating value sustainably. Um, in my position, my perspective, there are far, far more job openings that offer this kind of sustainable hustle in industry compared to academia. In academia, there are hundreds if not thousands of PhDs applying for every tenure track position that opens and you may only have a dozen tenure track positions in your field open any year and so if there's a thousand people applying for 12 positions it's going to be super competitive and administrators know this and they're they're not going to look for people who want a sustainable work-life balance. Um, that, that's just kind of, unfortunately, I think that's the nature of the beast, particularly in more research-oriented institutions. They want people who are bringing in grant money. Um, and so I think if you are looking for more of a sustainable work-life balance and to avoid hustle culture, I think industry is definitely the place to go. Of course, there will be instance, instances of overwork in industry as well. Um, but we also know that it's it's not just my opinion, based on the data um, from that nature study that came out in, I believe, 2021, we know that PhDs experience better work-life balance or report experiencing better work-life balance in industry compared to academia. And I think in many instances, if you are in a position where overwork is um, expected of you, 
I think you'll probably be in a position of having greater pay or some greater benefit associated with it. Of course, that's not always the case, but I think in industry, um, overwork is more clearly rewarded, even if it may be a little dysfunctionally rewarded. I think it's more clearly rewarded with higher pay or some kind of benefit like that. So the very last thing I wanted to mention Everyone has a different balance of what they want. Um, everyone has a different threshold for how much hustle they can sustain uh, before it becomes overwork. And I think in my example, uh, to be frank, I was pretty okay with the overwork uh, that I was doing in academia when I was a grad student. I definitely burned out a couple times. Um, I think a lot of that actually came from being a part-time therapist while becoming a PhD and doing all the research and going to the classes and whatnot, but I was I was pretty okay with that workload. Um, again, might not be functional, but I was able to tolerate it. But everything changed when my son was born, and my priorities sh dramatically shifted, and it it, they, it shifted more dramatically than I expected, um, and literally overnight. I mean, it wasn't overnight, but over the process of like one, two or three months, I identified and pretty much accepted that academia was not going to be the place for me because I knew the amount of work that was going to be needed to get the, to the kind of position that I wanted to have. And I knew, I just knew that I didn't want to give it anymore. Um, I wanted to be a present dad for my son. Um, and yeah, it, it wasn't something I expected. And I think that maybe you're, you're grinding it out in academia right now. You're putting in those 10 and 12 hour days and, uh, you don't mind it and you think it's fun. And I think it can be fun. Um, I don't think hustling, of course, I don't think hustling is necessarily bad, but I, I think being able to anticipate the sustainability of that path, I think, is so critical. Um, and uh, like I said, I never expected to be going into industry because it had better work-life balance. That that was never something when I was a grad student that I was thinking about. So um, I would hope that you would uh, be a little bit more open-minded and uh, vigilant towards the future than I was. Anyway, in summary... Hustle culture is unhealthy. Of course, it's very in vogue to talk about how unhealthy it is, but, but clearly overwork is unhealthy. There's a ton of research that's showing that in the end, it's, it's not productive. Of course, it may be more productive in the moment, but in the end, it wears you down, makes you better, makes you produce uh, worse work. Um, so hustle culture is, of course, something to avoid. And we know that it's in academia, and we know that it's an industry. And if you're on the job market, uh, there are red, red flags that you can be looking for and things that you can do in order to identify how hustly the culture is at this job that you're applying for. Again, Glassdoor is a huge resource, though, like I said, you may have to add some information into the system in order to keep on digging and getting more and more information out of it. Um, but it only takes a couple of minutes to do that. You can also look for red flags in the interview basically getting the vibe from the uh, recruiter. Of course, that may not reflect the company culture, 
but it is a window you can use. Uh, and then the third thing was personal connections. So if you can find someone in the company, preferably someone that you know, uh, who's not involved in the hiring process, or that a connection of yours on LinkedIn knows, then that gives you a foot in the door to have a warm conversation about what the culture is like at that company. Then the last thing that we talked about, excuse me, was uh, my perspective on hustle and hustle culture. I think I, I perceive a clear distinction between hustle and hustle culture. I think hustle and hard work is great when properly contained. I think hustle culture and overwork is bad. And uh, I, I, I love getting to avoid it in my current job uh, the vast majority of the time. And uh, I feel very fortunate and honored to have the job that I have now and be able to provide value, use skills that I learned in my PhD and uh, keep helping children and families, which is what I joined my PhD program, PhD program to do. So if you're sick of academic overwork and you're interested in going industry, then I encourage you keep listening to this podcast. Uh, I, I've been doing kind of an informal series on hearing from PhDs who stayed in academia, because that's kind of the other side of the coin. And I do like to check myself and my perspective every once in a while, uh, because I know I'm probably going to overemphasize industry more than academia. But this summer, I'm going to get much more into conversations with folks in industry, hearing about what their job is like, how they got their jobs, and how folks like you can uh, jump into industry too. So if you're ready to get started, I encourage you to download my six-week checklist. I will have a clickable link in the description of this episode. It is a simple one-page checklist that has six different steps that you can follow. You can do one step per week, or you can rush through them, or you can go slower. It's a go at your own pace, but I structured it in six steps uh, that walk you through different activities that you want to do in order to maximize your chances of turning an application into an offer. Um, and yeah, like I said, you just add in your email and it'll shoot you that PDF. I encourage you to print it out. That's how I meant it to be used. Print it out, check it off, write on it. Um, and yeah, start your journey towards industry today, if that's something that you want to do. Anyway, thank you for listening. Uh, in the future, I'll have more conversations with folks in industry moving forward. And uh, thank you all for waiting a couple days for this podcast to come out because I was busy moving. So it's good chatting with you all and I will see you all next time. Folks, thank you for tuning into the Grad School Sucks podcast. I hope you got a lot out of our episode today. If you did, please consider leaving a rating or review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And be sure to check out the description of this episode for links to everything that we covered today. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Matt Carlson, and I look forward to bringing you another great episode next week. See you all next time.